We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. I'm your host, David Cameo. I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Bird, Sharon, the AK Blazing Gardener, that's Dan, <laughs> and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky Brewster. That's P U N K Y B R U I S E T E R. We're here on a very bright and sunny Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. on the Eastern Seaboard. We're here to talk about the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead's eighth and final season, the sixth episode titled All I See is Red. There's some cool things in the merch store. Get your shirt with our faces on them. Yeah. So weird that that's a thing, but... Put cool. me on your body. Put me on your front <laughs> part. <laughs> Not your back part. It doesn't belong in the back part. Put me on your front part. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Bridget, I hope you got the solution that you wanted. No cure. For this episode? I hope you're you're satisfied with yourself. That's not what I, it's simultaneously not what I wanted though. Why would they make me root for this? Why would they make me root for a child to die? Were you cheering? So it turns out Finch is not immune. Finch got sick and Finch passed in this episode. I kind of want to start from the end though, if that's okay with everybody, where Dwight and Sherry split. That shit pissed me off. (sighs) Hey, let's start with Rachel. (laughs) 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 You weren't even finished asking. No. That pissed me off. No, no, she was right on time. It was like just poop and then the tape continued. It just was I don't have any qualms about how it was written or, or anything like that. From watching these characters and everything that these characters have been through. Now Dwight's like, whoa, I'm sorry. It was sort of like a Morgan moment, right? Like, everything's my fault. Oh, when we are together, bad things happen. And when, like, get the fuck over it. Yes, terrible things happen. Are terrible things going to stop happening because you're not together? No, terrible things are always going to happen. It's better to be together and comfort each other through the terrible things. What what Mm -hmm. is splitting up going to do? And you know what? Fuck you, because you're going to get back together anyway. You're going to find each other and you're going to be like, oh my God, it's been so long. Oh, I love you. And then they're going to get back together anyway. so fuck you, skip the middle part and just... Raleigh's dead, right? We killed him. In the <laughs> right, okay. Yes, Raleigh's sure. dead. They already sure. spent several years apart and they know yeah. bad things happen when you're, se- even when they're separated. Exactly. Like, it was like, Dwight, you spent all of season five and six looking for Sherry. Mm-hmm. And now you found her and now something happens. You're like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. What? Now, I get it, yeah. though. I get it because this is grief talking. Grief has just twisted their thoughts into the only way we can make anything better is to be apart, blah, blah, blah. Which but is ironic. I'm not saying the grief will pass, but they'll come back to themselves and be like, "That's this was the wrong decision. I got the feeling that Sherry wasn't really into it. She was just going along with it mm-hmm. for Dwight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. Let's let's just. Well, Sherry's like adrift mentally. Yeah. She's right. like, so uh, it's like the question yeah. is, when they both come back to it, is Sherry going to be like, no, you fucking dumped me at my lowest point and now I don't fucking want anything to do with you because she needs comforting too it's her son too and he's just gonna cut her loose to be on her own I I hope she sees what you do and that it's just grief and he's he's speaking from a place of sadness and not rational thought I can't remember who I had a conversation with. I think it was Jaden Lalonde on, on Instagram. And we were talking about this. Oh, no, it was also Kira. It was I think it was Kira who I was talking about in the spoiler chat. And one of the things I had said was, because we were going back and forth on the things about this season that they could have done better in terms of what people were registering as talking down to you. like Too much dialogue to explain the situation rather than just showing us. Show us the things rather than tell us 
my, the thought mm -hmm. process you had, but this is one of those things, in my opinion, we had said that it would have been just a lot better to have had that scene implied and not shown it. Oh, they split up. They went their separate ways. This way, in our heads, we could think of all the different ways it could have gotten gone down rather than watching it live. The reason for that is you wonder, you ask yourself the question, why did they do that? And then you sort of answer it by saying, oh, yeah, like many people who lose a child, sometimes it breaks them. Yeah. But because we had to see it, there was a sort of real, in, like an interesting cognitive dissonance. You're watching it happen and you're like, hey, but after all you've been through, but if you don't get to watch it happen, you can actually buy in. Because you're, you, you say, oh, it must have been so horrible that they couldn't even be together anymore. And then you think of all the different ways. I actually completely agree with that. I think had I not heard an explanation from Dwight, this might be sitting with me a little bit better. Thanks, mm -hmm. Kira and I write the show. No, it is, it is very true because in real life, there are a lot of couples that can't get through the loss of a child together. It's sad, but it is a real thing. And that's probably where my brain would have gone had I not heard an explanation from Dwight. It's another instance of horrible writing. I'm sorry, but this writing was bad. This was a bad. No. Uh, Bridget, you just scene. did. You pulled it, uh, Goldberg and Chambliss by explaining that it was. What I, <laughs> I implied it's, that it was bad. So, it's so awful. No, <laughs> I love it's you because because Dave, like even if they didn't speak, this still this was still an issue of not showing the correct amount of passing of time. Their child died. They buried him and they immediately break up that's not how this works dude by the way that's how we got to that conclusion because what we'd said was if we had seen him carry the body over time silhouettes in the distance and had that time to absorb what they were doing at the moment when they finally get to actually talking about it you feel the there's a weight that's being passed through the course of the episode that's the problem though so that's, when you lead to that a, moment it's a recurring issue that we've seen in this yeah. season and probably even in season seven i maybe just couldn't verbalize it but there's just a genuine lack of showing a passage of time it's so weird because they use the red device for morgan in this episode which was a great way to show the passing of time what are you guys right. doing or like an intentional <laughs> an intentional way to not show the passage of time, meaning time is fucked up and here's why. And that's fine. That's fine. You'd be like, oh, your timing is going to be messed up because you're in Morgan's shoes. I lost time. Okay, now that makes sense. You've given yourself an excuse. But that's how we led to that conclusion. Because you can't really carry that grief throughout the episode in little spots, it would have been better to actually have the moment we'll get to in a second then imply and not even show them. That's that was my point. It's not don't even show them. Just have somebody say in passing, yeah, Dwight went to go back to Virginia uh, or something, whatever it is. I get that you can't look at each other anymore because looking at each other reminds you of the child that you do not have anymore. And you lost so much time with him to begin with and you finally got him back and then everything fell apart. There's so much emotion there. There's such a great story to tell. And you told it in the stupidest possible way. That could have been beautifully done you're saying the moment that that particular moment or like the whole story the whole thing ah. to go back to what you said about passing of time having a time frame is necessary if we're to care about these characters because we don't know finch we don't know him at all they're just jumping through time we have no idea how long they've been together finch loves his parents now just out of the blue he's been conditioned his whole life to not care because it feels like this is in a span of two days because they're not giving us any kind of time frame. I think I so. I don't saying. see how how we're supposed to 
think this is realistic or care about it when it's so disjointed. And it's the same thing with the kids changing their mind. They've been conditioned their whole lives to believe in Padre, but in two days they've changed their mind completely, all of them. But I like what they did with them in this episode. They really stuck to well, their that, guns and stuff. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm, I'm not saying I didn't like it. They hurt the story by not letting us know what the hell's going on, time-wise. Where do you think Dwight went? He said he went to go home. Well, where is home? Which is so weird because he was told if he ever went back, he would be killed. So it's like, <laughs> right. why is that his go-to area? He's like, I'm well, going to go back there. That, that kind of fits his character too, because I think there is a part of him that is somewhat like Morgan. It's time to go back and right the wrongs or go back and clean house, fix what I broke, that sort of situation. Well, we, yeah, but we Daryl know said he, he was going to kill you. You did now. right your wrongs. I think maybe he would be okay with that. I mean, it's been like 10 years. We know yeah. that Daryl would be over it, right? But Dwight doesn't know that. I think it doesn't matter. Maybe he meant home as in like his childhood home or something. And maybe he's from somewhere maybe. else. We maybe it's a different area of Virginia. Yeah. Hey, Mitchell. Hey, Mitchell. Hey, Jasmine. Sorry, officially. Well, let's say what Jasmine said also. Rip Finch. So much of the season's problems come from quote unquote bad writing. I mean, isn't it? Is it bad writing quote unquote <laughs> or actual bad writing? Anyway, they've got good characters <laughs> and ideas, but they just can't seem to express them in an effective way. Mm. Yeah. Well, I agree. to that end, it really does go back to what I have been saying, which I know it sounds like almost a cop out, but it, it really isn't. If they would have been given a little bit more time to flesh that out, more episodes, more time per episode, they could have probably given us enough weight, enough indicators on the passage of time, logistics, space to be able to actually make that scene have a little bit more, even if it's just a little bit more impact, that would have been enough for me. Add in a few more scenes of them carrying Finch or, or talking about maybe I breaking up. I think that there's some sort of missing portion of it, that they cut it out. But yeah, exactly what Jasmine's saying. Like, what's their excuse for season seven then? I can't trust it because they've chosen to do such stupid things with writing and scripting. And don't get me wrong, direction has been beautiful cinematography has been killer the acting has been phenomenal all of that has been but the writing is just not good which is frustrating because everybody else is giving it their all so it's like so hard to see that poor lenny james too this episode beat him up let's throw lenny james in mud finch, let's knock yeah, him down like a lenny couple james times. was killer in this episode finch this kid the this depth kid. of emotion that you felt from him was Gavin like Warren. unreal that kid is amazing okay if dwight let's say is going to alexandria where do you think Sherry's going to go? Do you think she might stay? What I mean by that also with Dwight, he's not, he's just like Morgan is off the show. Is that maybe what we're going with? I don't know that that was confirmed. And I didn't watch the episode in the episode. Or I want it. to say no, that Austin is not leaving. I'm again, basing that on the fact that he was at the wrap, which is not a good rapping. indicator. They could always come back for reshoots and stuff. I don't think mm -hmm. Dwight is leaving. I think he and Sherry are going to be back together again. He's going to try to leave or something's going to happen and he'll come back or something like that. I don't think that's the end of them. Why'd you laugh, Rachel? It might be like the <laughs> next episode, like the next episode. Dwight's going to be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was saying. I'm having yeah. deja gotta vu, be, aren't we I? Gotta, we got we to gotta stick together and get through this together. It's like the and, same trope. Uh, they just keep playing it out over and over again. They're like, right. we don't know what to do with them. I'm having deja vu over somebody leaving and then coming back. Like Alicia. It's like literally Nick. this story again. <laughs> like Nick. Like Alicia. Yeah. She left and came back like an episode later. Yeah. As far as Sherry goes, I would think that she would stay because I can't really see her striking off on her own again. You know, not that I she's not capable. I could see her going to look for Mickey. Mm. I don't think the river is the only thing I could see her. It's the only thing I could leave. Uh, see her leaving to do. That's it. I can, <laughs> or I guess trying to get even with Negan. 
I think she's put that to bed. I would say more Dwight. I think she's at a really stable emotional spot right now where she can put all that in her past. I mean, stable enough. She was in a really unhealthy place. Again, it feels like it was like a day ago that she brought it up. (laughs) So I don't know. Meanwhile, it's like seven, eight years. There's no passage of time, so... Dwight even mentioned it in that scene together. He's like, it's not like it's Negan or whoever else he mentioned. I can't remember now. Like, it's like us. Virginia, Shrike, whatever. Shrike, yeah. I had always regarded Dwight as somewhat as a... Previously, I kind of called him stupid, but really, he's a simple spoken man. He has wise ideas he has he sometimes brings up nuggets but he's he's a simple spoken person which is why i said you know maybe maybe not have this dialogue maybe not i don't know if it's gonna go over very well with everybody else i it's not austin it's definitely the way he's written of course austin's a beautiful he's just a beautiful dude all all in all but i'm just like in my mind i'm cutting this part of the episode out this part didn't happen yeah so i'm pretending like it's off screen they also um (laughs) didn't tell us the name that they would have chosen for finch because dwight even says finch that's the name padre gave him and sherry says uh made it his own own. but no the way she said it was such uh, a uh, <laughs> she was so defensive about it like they had talked about it before or something but we didn't see it so i like to think they would have called him john right i do too but i mm. think i agree with sherry though whatever it was the secret sauce that made them hit his son that part of him is is part of it too that the padre the time in padre is part of that sauce so he lived up to whatever name he was given it's fine and like a bird like, a bad yeah. name it's yeah and bad we, we, name. Came, we went over the meaning and symbolism it's fair it's fair I think we all kind of agreed, though, too. Like, oh, it's still a beautiful name, and why not? Even in the apocalypse, Sherry's fucking wardrobe was banging, because I loved that guy. Right? She got on. <laughs> Sherry, what underwear are you wearing? <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Never mind. I don't, I don't really want to know post-apocalyptic. <laughs> She's wearing big granny drawers, a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of burlap I've fashioned. <laughs> yeah, there's a little cotton in the front in the back you know just for comfort they're see-through but just because they're so old <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of them it's translucent now Long yeah. save material yeah <laughs> one of the highlight moments in the episode outside of anything lenny james was doing this episode which some of it was pretty stellar there's one moment that really got me hardcore and i think it might have gotten some of you too when it came time for Dwight to decide what to do with Shrike after June catches her. He's about to lift the, the walkie to his mouth to say, and maybe he doesn't know exactly what, but Finch grabs his hand and puts it down and he goes, nobody should have to feel that pain. I'm like, oceans, <laughs> oceans of tears. That fucking kid did make his name his own. He's what a great. fucking kid. What mm-hmm. a fucking kid. What a great child actor. People are always like, child actors are the worst. <laughs> he, <laughs> Not always. <he> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say that a lot. Well, just us. Um, especially in regards Not to fear. Me. It was a beautiful moment. Well, let's show Sharon D what she showed me earlier. And it's this. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no! No! <laughs> <laughs> for the audio podcast what we're watching is it's the meme with grant gustin over a grave right it's usually grant grant gustin is that isn't that his name right yeah over and oliver do- queen oliver right. queen's grave oliver queen dies and whatever sorry spoiler alert who cares uh wb shows <laughs> it's like a behind the scenes photo and he's make flashing the peace sign towards the camera but instead of grant gustin's face it's bridget's head <laughs> And Finch is on the graves gravestone. <laughs> like she's like, and she's she's smiling. 
It's not even a shit anymore. She's Jesus. really happy about Finch <laughs> being dead. I'm not happy about it. Like, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why did they do this? See, this is my problem. Why would the writers do this to me? They're like, we've come up with a cure, but if we haven't, this kid dies. Hmm? <laughs> compelling stuff right folks and you're like no i didn't want to cure but i also didn't want this kid to die so you guys are jerks for even making this a thing i, I didn't want to say this at all i had held back because i didn't know how to feel about it but kind of like what they did with the second episode of season seven with the <laughs> the baby frank and b their yeah. baby oh, was actually dead in the in the burlap yeah. luggage right and it was uh-huh. rattling around and mm-hmm. I, you have to kind of give it to fear the walking dead for at least going there and they kind of took it a step further with finch and you actually get to meet the kid and he talks and he, he does cool moments like holding dwight's hand from making her feel a ton of pain which he was really ready to have her do earlier on in the episode until june says let me do it you need to do what i couldn't for my daughter what morgan was trying to do with mo let me do this thing. Let me be that person for you that nobody could be for me. The fact that fear kind of went there, they killed a child. Well, you know, whatever way it was, kid got bit and we got to meet him and it sucks. But in a way, just like the last season of The Walking Dead kind of kind of put kid gloves for the most part until the last episode, they kind of held off into the last episode. I had said also in the last episode, just, just go all out, do the things, make some impacts, make some decisions that might ruffle some feathers, take chances. As shaky as the writing has been, <laughs> I want to say bad all out. Because it's hard to say bad to me because bad means, okay, this is unwatchable in my eyes. It's shaky. It's bumpy. There are things that are, aren't great about it, but I wouldn't say it was bad, but they're go- they're taking chances at least. I don't like it, but I also like it. That fucking kid. What an amazing kid. And even Jasmine says that was such a good moment. Except I wanted them to just go ahead and torture her. Finch wouldn't know. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you? I, I thought for a second that might be what June was going to do. I was like thinking of you, Sharon D, when Dwight, make it quick. And then June was, would be like, this is the moment. She's carving her knives. And Sharon D's going to be like jizzing all over the screen. It's like, great. <laughs> it's more than you deserve. When Shrike was, do it, give me the radiation. June was like, nope. I was like, yeah, just like Virginia. Virginia wanted to cut her hand off after she got bit. June's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. She's going to let you die. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, this got savage in her own way. (laughs) She did the pay it forward thing, though, which I actually liked. And I think you liked it, too, which was, hey, Ben, she basically said, you take care of it, which she could have done it herself and you would have been fine with it. But then she left. I would have stood there and made sure it happened. Uh -uh, I wouldn't uh -uh. trust him. I wouldn't trust him. You know what? Why? Why? Because you got to put that all on him and that's not your business. And if, even if she doesn't get to do it, she'll bite him. <laughs> she could have so. stayed behind outside, too. She didn't have to, like, be there in the train car with him. I think she did. She, she said, kill if him you don't do it, though. I will. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like she, yeah, she was like, I'll give you your time. It's very within her character, though, to give them the time together, despite them not deserving it, to honor Dwight and Sherry's wishes, despite the fact that that isn't what was deserved. Well, I also like that that gesture, that Finch gesture to Dwight carried through to <clears throat> June. She knows that wasn't that was the power of a child saying, why? What's the point? I'm here with you now. What's the point? What happened happened. The shot from Shrike's vantage point when she's looking up at June and the walker head. And I don't know which one was scarier. I don't know if I'd be more scared of June or the walker head because June was like (laughs) fucking terrifying. I was a little terrified. Holy shit, that look is like, damn. Are are we going to go full Carol Pelletier on this moment right now? (laughs) Is that what's happening right now? 
I honestly felt the same way. And I actually recently recently had a conversation about that as well. Yeah, with my friend on Saturday night. I was like, you know, around the time of the prison, I never knew what Carol was going to do next. All the way through to season nine, at least season 10, actually. Because A, there's no source material, but B, there's just no telling. So She's when I saw when I saw, saw June, I was like, predictably unpredictable. <laughs> right. Exactly. Terrifying. Nothing's out of character for her. Mm-hmm. Anything she does, you're like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, oh, I guess that's a new thing that she does yep. now. Burn so we're, a bunch so we're of people. doing this now. I'll never okay. forget that. Yep. No, that's fine. So why, why, is thing, why is there a thing burning people all the time? What is with burning people? Is that your thing? I like the fact that we know better. As much as you kind of do want to see June break bad. There's a party that's like, she am did I going to lose bad, her? And that was awesome. I'm like, hey, all right. She broke bad. She went savage. She, like, she, she cracked bad. She, she cracked she, bad. She, it was she, can, break she it. can go back. She can go back. She maybe it's bent cool it now. a little bit. She bent it. She, she didn't break mm-hmm. it. <laughs> the thing is, she's not putting up with anybody's shit anymore. That's the most important thing. Love it. She's 100% done with love it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like somewhere in between now. That's the perfect blend. Well, why don't we go to Shrike's death? Why don't we cover all these little stories and we'll then go backwards, really hit the, yeah, the big part? I sort of predicted that in a sense. That what if we put Shrike in a similar situation to, say, Morgan, where you see a loved one that you kind of abandoned and you left for dead. She left him for dead in that container for the better part of 13 years, not handling it. And for a reason, too. Her reason was obviously kind of like Moe's reason in this episode. Moe is pissed off at Morgan. We kind of pointed out in the last episode, you betrayed me or you betrayed mom, let's say. Well, dad, you betrayed us. You left us. And it doesn't matter the circumstances. Kids are weird. They'll be angry at you, even if it's not your fault. You abandoned me. That's how I registered that, that moment. And when he comes around, it's like this reminder that maybe he wasn't, it wasn't all about the bad parts. That's what the flashbacks were all about. It made me think of Maggie in season 11 when she saw the little dead Walker kid following her and almost let it bite her. Because she was so freaked out that it was a little Walker kid. Same. And I talked about Game of Thrones and that too, where the wildling lady saw the little dead kids and then she just froze and let them all eat her. What are you doing? A, it's not like you haven't seen your dad dead before. You saw him right after he died. This is not a shock. Because she didn't deal with any of her emotions. They're really bludgeoning it on home. There was no finesse with this. She wasn't able to let any of that stuff go because she didn't deal with it. And that's what she was forcing all those kids to do. Instead of dealing with what might happen with your parents, we just won't deal with anything. Bingo. Mo, don't think about your mom being dead. We'll just come do this instead. They were trying to drive that point home, but you could have done it a a little bit better. (laughs) A little. A little bit, a little bit better. It was so ham-fisted. I think they could have showed a little bit more cracks in Shrike's psyche. Like she's like, ah, I'm going to kill you all. And then like the very next second, she's freaking out and dropping the gun and letting him bite her. Props to Maya Eshet. All right, Maya, you did the best you could do. When she looks back to Morgan and Madison and she kind of has like a smile, but also she's really freaking out at the same time. That was beautiful, Mm -hmm. man. Fucking props to you. What what did you register in that moment? I get to see my dad again, but also look at my dad. And I know she probably blames herself, right? Even though it was not her fault in any way. If anybody, blame your stupid brother for running after your dad for his dumb binoculars. Which if you had just kept the fucking binoculars there, you wouldn't have this wouldn't have happened in the first place since that's where the coordinates were. Okay, whatever. Well, I mean, they didn't know that it was there. They said it's the only possible place after going through it all. I guess it's kind of the grand irony that if he hadn't run after him with the binoculars, then they would have had him the whole fucking time. I think that's pretty cool. But Maya Eshet, you were awesome. The expression on your face, fantastic. She also went down almost as silently as her dad did because she only cried a little bit. 
That scene got me more than yeah. any other scenes this episode. I don't know. When I saw her look back at Morgan and who was there at that time? Morgan, Morgan and, Madison? and Madison. I think she was saying with her face, I kind of get it. I get what, what you were fighting for. And I don't think it's, it was my fault or it was my brother's fault. That's, I don't think that's what that face was. I think that face was, why did I let my grief spill over to all these children and families? And she's looking at parents who've lost, who had lost their children. I mean, Madison, of course, but Morgan had lost in the first place. He, he knows why he went out there for his, he reiterated it over and over in King County and they wouldn't listen to him. Wait, 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 before you go any further, it just dawned on me. They're airing this on Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, everybody. They did the same thing with Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. It's a sick, twisted sense so of humor. And I What's love it. With you guys? I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll never stop loving it. Athena and now now happy Father's Day. All I see is Father's Day red. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. There's no great. way that those binoculars were still around his neck after 12 years in a swamp or in the containers, whatever. You're in Georgia. It's humid. Shit rots. Your face is rotting, mm. but yet these magical binoculars traps are still holding. I'm sorry. I know it's a minor gripe, but it's just so ridiculous. If it, it was a last. nylon strap, it could last. And these are military grade binoculars. It's just not like toy I'm binoculars. I'm not saying anything about the binoculars. I'm just talking about the straps. I, I actually vehemently disagree. Other than the binoculars vehemently. themselves, which which is something <laughs> that you can gripe about. No, because I've seen posts like this on mostly Reddit because they're fucking awful. Hand to God, they're awful. But... The fact that these walkers, they don't sit down and take a break. They don't they don't get tired. They don't lean on things because they're like, oh, man, my left leg's like, no, they're standing up and perpetually moving about, feeling no pain, feeling no gain, maybe a little loss, except for his face. And but, you know, we, we've we've made that observation before. The, the people that we want to be more noticeable just because the show needs to make them a little bit more noticeable, make them more noticeable rather than rot it off and whatnot, etc., but these are like perpetual motion machines. They don't take a break. So it would stand to reason. And they're in this crowded space, but they really don't have anywhere to go, mostly. So I, I could see that being a thing. I have a bigger problem that Madison just walks over and immediately knows there's a secret hiding compartment in them. That's something <laughs> other people have said too, but I'm sorry to say. Just like Trike was able to go, sorry, no, you can't do that <laughs> in the last episode. They were listening into their conversations as well. So they're no all one like, knew there was a secret hiding place in the binoculars. They just they, thought no. they thought the coordinates were like in a pocket somewhere. Shrike says they've got to be in the binoculars. I don't know why that's what she said, but she said it on the walkie. Okay, yeah. I don't so remember she hearing that line. Yeah, she did. I don't so remember hearing that line. She says it. It was so weird because I was like, why is that where you would assume they would be is in the binoculars? <laughs> why wouldn't it be in his pocket? Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a bajillion pockets. He's wearing a cargo vest and cargo pants. No, like he's first got thing, like so not... many pockets. So I was thinking it was because when they showed their backstory, didn't they say something like the binoculars are so you can see what's coming or something? So it would be like, like some that. kind of symbolic thing to have where they're going, the, the forward looking Padre in the binoculars or something like that. He doesn't go anywhere without his binoculars. I'm reaching, but I'm doing it. When the dad put him in there, he's like, this will have great symbolism later. (laughs) (laughs) Let me hide these in here. (laughs) Whenever he looks up, he's like, yep, they're still there. They're still there. (laughs) 
I can see my future. My future is bright. <laughs> the swamp walkers paper. were fucking choice. That one walker, yeah. I don't remember exactly what part it was, but you could see like the mushrooms and shit growing out of its neck and it was yeah, all They were gnarly. Flat. Yeah, that was awesome. Some of the touches were actually really cool too. Like just simple touches like the one there was this one woman walker with I think the red shirt or something. It's when Morgan and Mo were in the swamp and he's, you know, flipping back and forth between clear is not mm. clear. She's taking that woman walker himself. She's taking her own. And she just has this big bubble oh, of neck. And it's just, this, it's just amazing. <laughs> and she's discolored and greenish, whitish, bluish. She looks like a monster. <laughs> they put out a casting call for people with goiters. Yeah. If you got a goiter, come on. Over. You up. <laughs> I have so many minor pet peeves in this episode, but there's so many that all together, it's annoying. <laughs> they like combine how into one second, yeah. Voltron peeve. How, yeah, pretty much. Like how one second. <laughs> Morgan's telling Madison, you'll never find the boathouse. You could be standing 10 feet next to it and you wouldn't see it. And then the next scene is Mo being like, oh, there's the boathouse. And she's like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's all overgrown. You can't see it. Like it's white out in the middle of the open yeah. water. Like, it's like right no, she saw, the, she saw through the reeds. I, I, that I can, that's fine. But no, I mean, when they're standing there outside of it, it's like all this open water around yeah. it and it's just sitting there. Yeah. I guess your everyday audience doesn't, right? Your casual viewer doesn't really notice these things because they just watch it once and then they move on. But they're counting on nobody ever thinking about these episodes. It doesn't matter. Just put it out there. Nobody's going <laughs> to notice. But I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with the thought that Baby Mo, I'm going to still call her Baby, I'm going to call her Baby Mo forever, is pretty fucking bright. At least there's reason to think that she's smart enough to have found it. Well, absolutely. There's a absolutely. pattern no, I am on board yeah. with that, but what I'm saying is she's like, super she saw it. You could see it with your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> and they were super far. They were much more than 10 feet away. And Morgan's like, you'll never find it. You could be 10 feet away. And <laughs> but, but to her credit, she saw it like through some reeds and it was only her who saw it at the time. It was not the other kids couldn't not when see Madison, it. When Madison uh, got there, it, it was wide open. Because you have a camera <laughs> Right. So um, <laughs> here's here's the thing with Mo. I've noticed here's a pattern. I've noticed hmm. whatever Morgan tells her to do, she wants to do the exact opposite. I, I mean, want you. I want kid, you to though. go back That's to Padre. No, I don't want to go back to Padre. Okay, I want you to stay with me. No, I want to go back to Padre. I want you to get on the boat. No, I don't want to get on the boat. Okay, don't get on the boat. No, I'm going to get on the boat. What the fuck, kid? Every that's, that's, single thing he says, she wants to do yeah. the opposite. That's or she does the opposite. Child. That's that's anyone's child. That's so consistent. That is so real. Have I ever told you the story about how I broke my leg? <laughs> my dad had a bunch of people over. And I'm five years old or seven, six years old. And I'm like, oh, I want to stay up. I'm not going to bed. It's like a Bugs Bunny. It's like a Looney Tunes thing. He's like, you're going to bed. He's like, he has his hands on his hip. He has a big, I don't know why he has this big Texan belt buckle. Don't ask. And I'm like, I am not going to bed. He's like, you are going to bed. He's like, I'm not going to bed. And he goes, okay, you're not going to bed. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. I had, for some reason, like he psychologically fucked me up and I head straight for his belt buckle. I stumble back and fall down the stairs. <laughs> What the I, hell? Up, I wake up in so much pain. Everybody's around me. Like, what happens? Like, you said you were going to go to you're going to go to bed, but I didn't think you would. And then he just pumped into me. My legs folded in on themselves as I was hurtling backwards. What, are you made of paper? No. And then I felt I was on the second story and then I fell back down, down the stairs like a oh my gosh. story. And uh, are and, you made of paper? <laughs> And then, he's you know, Mr. I'm Glass. on his back and he's taking me to the bur the, the fucking Bird emergency room. Here. He felt so <laughs> bad. Like, it's because like, he knew what he was doing. 
He's thinking, okay, if I keep, if I change it around, he'd be like, yeah, my bad. I fucked with him. Now he's in, now he's in the hospital. <laughs> he's got to get a cast at three in the morning or something. Aha, joke's on you. Now you're yeah, not getting out of bed me, for a while. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that shit's but yeah, real. No, that's, that the point real. is, that's very typical of children. If you want them to do something, you tell them to do the opposite. And then they do the thing that you actually want them to well, do. Well, Morgan has not figured that out, apparently. <laughs> right? Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Until the end. And, until he said, you know what? All right. I'm going to let you go. And then she's like, no, I want to be with you forever. <laughs> if you love something, set it free. <laughs> then they'll just <laughs> cling on you like cling, cling flame. <laughs> what? Cling, cling, cling flame? Cling wrap. Cling wrap. Cling, cling, cling wrap. Plastic wrap. Cling, cling saran wrap. wrap. Are you saying cling, cling, <laughs> cling, flame? cling, cling, <laughs> cling flames? What? Yeah. Jasmine, cling film. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Thank you. You were not saying the word film. By I know, I wasn't saying it, but no, she knew what I was trying to not say. Even close. Cling film. Cling flame. That's weird. <laughs> Cling flim. Flim flam. Thank flim. you, Jasmine. Flim. Just like what we flim? do with the show, nope. we always try to figure out what they're trying to say. How did you feel about that scene? How going in Wait, there Wait, which one are we talking about now? Oh, I was afraid to lose you and lose myself in the process. You know, credit to this episode, at least they built that up appropriately. The one thing that they did in this episode was build up that I lose people, I lose myself. Going clear means feeling like you're, you've already lost, like you lost your kid. I like that the kids stood their ground. I like that they fought really hard, but I also like that they couldn't kill their parents. I'm going to say there for the just brevity. There's something powerful and innate about that. Okay, so there's one of the parent actors... I don't know who it is. I don't know what her character name is, but it's the not Odessa's mom. Do you know who I'm talking about? That woman? Yeah. yeah. The short yeah. hair? The acting chops on this woman who's been given next to no lines is over the top. Are you okay? There are scenes like where she's in the background. They're talking and her facial expressions are top notch. It's so good. It's so good. She stands out. She She definitely stands out because I like like her a lot. She had a real intensity that we just weren't getting from the other parents. Yeah. And it was just enough too. also because, you know, sometimes background actors can be like, woo and do and like dude just you're good where you are just don't overact so you're good she was definitely just enough she makes up for maybe the lack of it in some of the parents let's say and i and that's fine too these parents they've been through hell that's appropriate but i like that the kids didn't first of all didn't kill their parents i'm just gonna say there i like that they stood their she ground shares as well. a really good look with the girl who was holding a gun on yeah her. i noticed that too and it made me think is that her daughter right that's exactly and, gonna, and she's gonna get that that was exactly what i thought too there were a lot of moments where i thought one of the parents were gonna like recognize the kid, the hawk dynamic with the guy that he was that holding down on. I'm like, kid, man, though. I know. Man. I was like waiting for the guy to be like, I don't know. I used to sing to you, you know, like the like the shit, like the lady did the, <laughs> the, to, to Dove or something. I don't know. I just I kept waiting for something to happen between those two, and they didn't. Are you glad that they didn't though? In a way, I don't. I mean, it just. I mean, it is what it is. It just. It didn't happen. I mean, okay. I don't write the show. Obviously, I didn't really feel anything one way or another about it not happening. But what I was like, I don't know, had some type of feeling about was Crane and Dove, but like mostly Crane was like yelling at the kids, like pull the trigger as he's holding a gun on Daniel, not pulling mm-hmm. the trigger. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like <laughs> Dove. I'm like Dove. You so are you so excited to kill somebody? Why don't you grab a gun and shoot somebody? Yeah. Why don't you do it? Or Crane. Crane standing there with a gun on Daniel. The first thing I thought was Bridget is going to love this scene because Daniel is calling back to his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And you were the first person I thought of when I was watching it. 
a certain someone messaged me, Mitchell, and said, did you watch <laughs> the episode yet? The <laughs> I, did you watch the episode yet? And I was like, no, I haven't had time. This was Thursday morning. And he's like, I don't think you're going to like the end. And I was like, oh, God, what the hell? <laughs> like, oh, so no. the whole latter half of the episode, I was oh. like, what happens? What happens? What happens? Oh, what happens? Shit. Didn't that make I it thought, better, though? No. I thought and that me- Dove, no. I thought that Dove was going to shoot Daniel. Like, the, I thought the that other she side was going to be face. like, I thought she was going to be like, if no one's going to do it, like, she was just going to turn and shoot. And I was so scared for Daniel in that whole scene. I was terrified because I was like, no, this that's is why I wouldn't though. like it because it's I my thought, favorite that's character. That's what I'm saying, Rachel. Yeah. AJ, AJ did the same I mean, shit to me, except he, he messaged me and he's like, this might be your most favorite episode of all time. And I'm like, all right, what the fuck does that mean? Gina's gonna fuck somebody up. First of all, don't trust anybody anymore. Morgan's gonna die. I'm like, what the you fuck? Guys. So then at the end, I was like, I was like, AJ, what are you talking about? He goes, I just knew how happy you'd be that Madison was taken over. I'm like, you fucker. I watched what? the whole episode going, what the hell's gonna happen? Why is this gonna be my favorite? Morgan's gonna die. Ah, AJ, I'm calling you out, you little shit. So <laughs> Mitchell's on messaging shit list. me on Thursday morning. <laughs> no, I will say this. It did force me to have more buy-in on the episode than I that probably would have had initially otherwise. I'm not mad at Mitchell. I was just like, why would you do this to me? Like, the whole half, I'm like, why would you do this to me? I'm so worried. Guys, I know you think you're giving us non-spoilery hints or whatever, but it's not working. You're just, just don't you're give just, us anything. No, just don't don't message don't me do on it. Thursday mornings, please. You're like frazzled. I, you're like I know. You're like you're looking around every corner just be like to not see a spoiler. You're like, okay, is that a, is that a spoiler? <laughs> The internet is is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> I did really enjoy that scene with Daniel. I, I loved that he called back to his his origins. But the one thing I wanted to bring up, and it has to do with Shrike's death scene and her getting bit by her father, but it also has to do with Crane, is that I don't know if this is intentional, but it seemed more apparent to me on the second watch. They looked more like children in this episode than they had to me in previous episodes. I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if there was like a makeup choice or if they got them bigger clothing or something, but like something about them, like, you know what I mean? Like they're like, you kind of like, like, like kids you like give them like slightly bigger stuff so that they look smaller. Yeah. Ill-fitted. Crane yeah. was giving me super John Cryer vibes for some reason, like with the little neckerchief around his neck. And- He's Ducky, but like yeah. the worst. <laughs> <Right>. Ducky! <laughs> ducky. <laughs> I mean, I ride the shipyard every day on my bicycle. That fits the bird category too. He's Ducky. And so it was like these two kids were playing adults. And it became very obvious to me in the in the second run through. They're trying to be adults and they're not. And it could have been nothing. It could have been that it just dawned on me during that rewatch that they really are acting like petulant children. Or like abandoned children trying yeah, to play adults. And like the scene with where Ben is is screaming at the kids was such a like tantrum that yes, the, that, yes. that kind of is where it started where I was like, they look younger for some reason here. Like, what's going on? <laughs> He's trying to get somebody else to do it because he can't. Because you, you're sitting there going, you have the gun, you're waving it around. Why don't you do it? Show them mm-hmm. how it's done, even. You could get the ball Why rolling. Why was that gun so sick? You, dude, it was pretty fucking wild. That gun was yeah. awesome. And, and why wouldn't he, right? He'd have the coolest gun. I'm Crane. He, she, this is Shrike. And then meet Padre. No, you, you don't get to meet Padre. You don't get to meet but the daddy. But it just adds to his childish nature. He's such a kid that he looks for the biggest, coolest gun. That is the thing to not get lost on. It's that they're all the same. 
He's not that much older than them either way. They're not even in the 30s. They're in their mid-20s, et cetera, whatever it is, or late 20s even. Let's give them that much. And not having yeah. your, your dad or losing your parents that early on in this kind of world where you don't have any rearing and you forcibly don't have rearing. The adults that you take on in, in this community, they're not parent figures. They're not taking no. care of you. You're taking care of them effectively mm -hmm. under the guise that somebody else is up there. General Krennic is up there. He doesn't show himself to anybody. So they're assuming that role and they're f trying to figure it out along the way, but all under the guise of he abandoned us. It doesn't matter that the facts are that it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his choice or that he did it for them. He abandoned us. They went off of that anger and trauma and put it on him, on their dad this whole time. And when she saw him again, all of that came flooding back. All the good times came flooding back. She was trying to race him the whole time. She was trying to be like a Shrike. She was trying to take the memory of him and grab it by the neck, snip the little thing so they can't move, and then just bash him against the... <laughs> That's what she was doing to his memory the entire time until she finally saw him again. That's the look that I saw on her face. That look of sort of... That he did exist. She was almost happy that, she exi that he existed. There's something so beautiful about rewatching that moment, which I didn't get to see again, but I'm seeing it in my head. I was happy for that moment because the irony isn't lost on me. Everybody has their own way of processing grief. Obviously, some are more dramatic than others, like killing people in walkers. But this to me seemed to, in a way, like when it came to seeing his, her father again, it seemed to be more natural. The idea of trying to erase the memory, it's too painful. The idea of him is too painful. We have to survive somehow. Can we go back to like impressions before we do that though? It was decent. Of course, my number one episode for the half season is going to be June's, right? That's without saying, but this is, I like this probably better than any other episode of the season other than June. Are you saying this is like a number two? Yeah. Oh, even more than King County. Yeah, I liked King County, okay. but this I liked this because it had everybody in it, too. And there was things in this episode, just like King County, all the Walking Dead callbacks. Other than the nitpicky things, I liked it. It was good enough that I watched it three times, and I didn't feel like, oh my god, I never want to watch this shit again, like I have mm. with a few of the other ones. Right, you're like, okay, yeah. let's. this was first watched, no notes, let's yeah. go. <laughs> and um, I kind of had a, a, a revelation when Mo was saying goodbye to Madison, when she and Morgan were leaving, that Mo and Morgan are Madison's Amina. To honor her children, she took the two broken birds under her wing and helped them. And oh, they and they continued to that. live. And that fits in with the bird theme. I was like, man, okay, I got that. For a small instant, I didn't hate Madison. A small Wow. Instant. Got me a little choked up there, actually. Because <laughs> well, I remember that episode. Was it um, uh, no Close Your Eyes? It was No One's Gone. I'm referring to 409... The Charlie episode? No, 410. Four Close your eyes. The dead bird that was clogging up the flu. I just, just, it was Amina all over again. To honor Nick and Alicia, she took the baby bird and fixed her and let her fly away. And this is her thing now. This, her thing is to mend these birds, which also kind of takes me to the parents and the, and the children and the kids not being able to kill the parents. And I say their parents mostly because it kind of goes to, I think something that you said, Sharon or where... The idea of found family means that your community, that all these parents are all these children's parents. When you look at them, they might as well be their parents at this stage. Like, even though Madison's going to work really hard, let's just say, you know, match these kids up with their real biological parents. Right, Rachel? But for all... <laughs> I laughed so hard when I rewatched the, the last episode we did. And I'm sorry. I, now I felt bad because I, I did cut you off because you were trying to say the thing that we usually... That we usually say, no, it's your parents. And you're like, oh, yeah, I actually felt that they were mother and daughter. And I just, I'm so sorry. I felt that. But for all intents and purposes, these parents are all these kids' parents. They, that's how it could be. Let's say like in Alexandria. They're like Schrodinger's parents. They're all your parents until one is <laughs> and your until parent. Until they're not. Exactly. 
<laughs> you look into the box. Like the Judith situation. Oh, but all these people are really Jude- Judith's parents, essentially. They all kind of raise it. Right. And now there's it's a bunch of parents, actual parents taking care of all these kids. It's just beautiful. Just like with the kids in season five, they could just not do anything with that. And I'd be fine with that. Unlike the kids in season five, <laughs> we don't know where their fate, what their fate was, essentially. They're basically I mean, it wouldn't dust. have been perfect if they showed up in Padre. They're all a they, bunch of kids. We have perfect. half a season right to go. Maybe picking. they can wrap that have up. Any, and all their parents were already dead. So it'd be perfect. Wouldn't that be pretty cool, though, if they kind of wrapped up some of the things that... Because it's fine if a series doesn't want to go back to a character that... Who knows? Uh, the Proctors. The uh, Who cares? But like some things that you really got attached to. Some things that actually played a hand in, in the seasons. Wouldn't it be cool for that stuff to come up? I don't care about the Proctors. For all I care, they died in the fucking dam. I don't care if they come back. I hope they're dead. It would be really cool if characters that we love and cared about would show back up. <clears throat> Sarah. <clears throat> oh, man, I, well, I really left that one open, didn't I? <laughs> they did give props to Isaac and Rachel in the title card, though. When I watched that for the first time, it was the middle of the night. I fucking stood up and go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This title sequence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yelling out to somebody that's not there. It's like, look what they did. And like, it's me. It's just me. Poor Evelyn. It's me. She's asleep. She, don't worry about her. She sleeps through everything. <laughs> worry, worry about me. <laughs> My mental health here. I didn't quite have that reaction, but I did enjoy it. I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then I saw John and I went, oh. Yeah. It kept getting cooler. Oh. When they, well, at the very beginning, when they were showing, the, when Morgan was flashing red at the very beginning, you could see Walker, John in the water. I was like, oh, don't you. No, but then, but then, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah. When he was seeing red, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was powerful. Just surprised Dakota wasn't in the fucking title card with him too, since he loved her so damn much. Wait, did Rachel give her impression of this episode? No, we just he just talked about the title card and get me all like riled up. I'm sorry, nobody gave their impressions aside. Bridget, that's how it always goes. Whoever gives their first impression is the only that's one that gives impression. That's how it always goes. Maybe Whoever I never goes give first my first impression. The only impression. Guys, you all know that I love every episode that ever existed. So I never give my first impression. <laughs> my first impression is not. We don't we didn't really need to talk about it. I'm very neutral. I did not feel one way or another. There were moments that I really enjoyed, and then there were other moments that made me roll my eyes and go, seriously. I find myself just like straight down the middle of the path on this one. It was an episode that happened. <laughs> A long episode. Well, that there's happened that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really liked this episode. I enjoyed it. Now, mind you, mentally, I have detached the Dwight and Sherry scene. <laughs> It's not in there. I don't even think about it. It's not part of it. It happened in some other universe. I enjoyed it for the same reasons that I enjoyed King County, but I also really liked the ending. And I don't mean like the bonus ending. No, no, forget that. I mean the like leaving and giving the show back over to Madison. And I know that barf. That isn't what everybody wanted, but it makes more sense. It started with her and her family. This makes sense that they're going to end it with her to come full circle. This might have been my favorite so far of the season. Yeah, there's a lot of payoff in this episode, too, for all the development in in each mm-hmm. episode, all the leading up to what, that we even said in, 
I feel like at the end of almost every episode, almost every episode, we're like, oh, this is a wait and see. We'll yeah, see what happens yeah. in the next one. Even with King County, you're like, okay, well, Grace got bit. So, well, she'll get her radiation. Her radiation will cure her bite and then she'll, she's okay. Oh. It did feel a little <laughs> bit like, do you remember how we felt about season 11 of The Walking Dead? 11A felt really weird and disconnected. They were trying to rush through the storyline real quick to get to like the good stuff. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what this felt like. Yeah, Reapers. Yeah. Yeah, re- forget it. That's what this felt like. Like <laughs> Shrike and Shrike and Crane are the Reapers of this season, and I'm like, does no one in this universe know how to write like a good last season? Well, it's more like <laughs> or the is beginning it, of or 11B. Is it because did they know it was going to be the last season when they started writing it? I was listening to somebody, and they were saying that they must not have known this was going to be the last season when they started the Padre shit. And so when they found mm-hmm. out it was the last season, they had to kind of cram everything in there. And then have the episodes left over to do what they wanted, whatever the ending is going to be. That makes sense. I'm not 100% convinced, but the the sentiment is there. And also the feeling. It's not only them, it's us too. We acknowledge this at the beginning of 11A. And we were resigned in 11B. And then we were fearful in 11C. We're all walking on eggshells. I'm walking on eggshells with this this season. I'm trying not to let it get in the way, but it's... Even I'm... Look at me. I'm admitting, oh, bad writing, bad dialogue here. Me! Guys, tell me to be the stalwart person who's very annoying, and and please tell me to no, be Dave. that person. Somebody Come has to, to the be. dark side. The Dave. constant <laughs> devil's the advocate. It's been tough. It's because it's the second a, one to what end. What a burden you bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, man. <laughs> Quick little thing I wanted to point out about title cards is Morgan's is the first time it's a male. All the first five episodes were females on the title cards. That's interesting. Mm. Mo, June, Madison, Jenny, Grace, and then Morgan. Wow. There's not a lot of males left, or at least male protagonists, aside from Daniel now. Dwight is indeterminate. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. Jasmine says, my favorite moment from this episode is Morgan revisiting Eastman's grave. You know what? When you talked about Morgan leaving the show, I wanted to get into that. But let me continue what she says. I recently watched Here's Not Here, the Eastman episode. Still remains one of my top three favorite episodes of The Walking Dead. Best way for Morgan to exit, in my own opinion. The sequence of events, because, and this is to your point, Charity, Rachel, Bridget. I was a little confused. I'm like, what is Eastman's grave doing here all of a sudden? Where are mm-hmm. we? Yeah, like, where are <laughs> we? <laughs> yeah, I was to confused. To be fair, yeah. I, I figured it out after the episode, reading one of the Reddit posts. Of course, the content doesn't matter. <laughs> but the idea that I had to find another source to be like, oh, okay. So when they left on the beach, <laughs> because they're in Georgia too. So I think that's where Eastman was. That that makes sense. They could have just taken a short trip. Could have been a day, maybe on the coast, because that's where Eastman was buried in that episode, apparently. And then they got to the coast. They got to where they needed to be in Georgia, somewhere, wherever it is, visited his grave and then buried Grace there as an homage to her and to Eastman for what he gave him. Jasmine just said Eastman's cabin was near Atlanta. And that's that's right, because he talks about in that episode of how he left Atlanta. Right. But the grave Mm -hmm. clearly is not in Atlanta itself. Well, no, it's not in Atlanta. It's but it's outside of that cabin in that area. That whole graveyard area was near his cabin. Okay, okay. Um, Okay, but not far away. Okay. Yeah. I will say that the Eastman graveyard scene made me tear up. I can lie. Really? I did tear up too. Going back to Eastman, first of all, made me remember that I used to like Morgan at one point. I liked Morgan in The Walking Dead. Here's not here. It didn't make my my top five list, but it it is one of my favorite episodes. Is it 613, 612, something like that? Basically, thank you for saving me and making me into the person I am. Even though I've changed, you still made me a better person. That that kind of thing he was saying. And it was it just touched me. All life is precious. Yeah, the all life is precious. That was it. The all life is precious doesn't mean kill or not kill. It means spend the best quality time you have with the people you have which has basically been the whole message of the show right 
spend the time yeah. you spend what Thematically time you have through the season i mean too. throughout the entire show we're all basking in the glory of your touching moment honestly <laughs> also i love the dude that played eastman I, he's such I can't a, think he's of a terrific actor um, such range yes, he he's, a, he's an amazing actor i just think it pays homage to what you were kind of waiting for they said they would never connect these two shows but then they did but they didn't give you the connection that you were looking for and this finally gave you some of that connection that okay we got King County and, and we wrapped this up and Morgan is growing. And it's been many years of him not growing as a character and kind of staying the same. And I expressed his sentiment when I talked about potentially Strand dying in this season, because I hope that he would sacrifice himself for those around him, because historically he always has done the opposite. And so it would be really refreshing, as sad as that would make me, to see him grow as a character. And it almost seems like all of these people on fear have been treading water for a really long time. They'll have development, but they'll immediately backpedal it. And all of a sudden they're exactly who they were. Or it won't mean as much as we thought Sherry it would be. and Dwight have gone through the same story arc like four times. We want to be together. We don't, you know, it's like a whole thing. And June finally got that forward movement this season. I felt like she really flourished all of a sudden and became the person that you wanted her to be. You wanted her to step up. You wanted her to have autonomy over her own life and, and show that. And all of that was finally showcased here. So I feel like finally we're getting the forward movement that we wanted out of these characters. Everything gets so a return. Is that what you're trying to say? Finally, Morgan is not weighed down by this same... Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Jasmine's going. She's like, yes, Dave. Okay. Anyway. Jasmine's just going. She's but just yeah, going. Yeah. Well, Jasmine, when you get a chance, speaking as somebody who has loved Morgan for a while, but like when it comes to fear... I feel like she hasn't. Was this satisfying for you, Jasmine? Well, Jasmine answers, I want to say that I appreciated Morgan bringing up the origin of his stick, too. Yes. He's like, yeah. hey, when you yeah. gave this to me. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And yeah. much like Morgan, the stick has changed 17 times. <laughs> 17 yes. different sticks. Yes. Which, uh, by the way, TWD Design, I think it is. This is this Instagram account has been like drawing these iconic things in the Walking Dead universe. And one of them was a carousel image of all the different versions of Morgan's stick over the course of Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, which I posted in our stories at some point, which obviously is gone by now. But, yeah, no, but Jasmine, what I mean is you haven't always liked most of Morgan's decisions. Fair enough, because I think most people haven't. But did it feel kind of good to see your boy make some moves this episode, come to some resolutions, come full circle, have his return, let's say, and finally pass through that membrane where he may not have to worry about going clear anymore and knows what it means that when you lose people, you don't really lose them. And maybe that's like an evolution on no one's gone till they're gone. It's not about the people necessarily, but their memory and what they mean to you. Even if somebody steps off the frame, it doesn't mean that they're gone or steps into the ether. We are the collective memory of the people we leave behind. We are everything that they mean to us. We, we carry that, all of us in life. And so he came to that conclusion. It's good to see that he finally gets what a lot of people in this universe have gotten not right away, but sooner. Rick's little flashback, season nine, episode five, his little dream sequence with Sasha. That's what she was trying to tell him. We carry their memory. We take them with us as we go. We do that for them. But what I like about that is everything I liked about Morgan from the very beginning, because I identify with that. I sit here, I say things, I go on yarns and whatever. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Sometimes it takes a while for me to come around and figure things out for myself when it comes to my own personal growth. So for Morgan to finally see that, to come to that, 
It's realistic. Everybody comes to things in their own time. Kind of like Alicia coming into herself as a leader over the course of several seasons until we kind of see it in season three. You get a taste of that in the bunker, and then you get a little bit more of that later on. You get her leading in season four, you know, leading the the survivors, Strand and Luciana against John Dory and Morgan going on the attack. She's she's leader of the pack. She's the head of the wolf pack. And then she kind of drops back and then she kind of steps up again. It's cool to see these changes over time because you feel them. You feel like it's genuine. It's authentic in a sense. It's not like a flip flop. It's like, no, this is what it looks like. People sometimes take a long time to come around to what they were probably going to eventually. But it's realistic. It's not a big swing. It's not a dramatic change that doesn't feel believable. That's what people are. People change incrementally. And when you do that, it, that change sticks usually. But Jasmine says, I've always liked Morgan in both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. I'm glad they did him justice in this episode. Even when I haven't liked some of Morgan's Fear the Walking Dead decisions, I've always held a soft spot for him. Okay, it's cool that you clarified that. I appreciate that. We've spent a lot of episodes with, well, a couple of at least episodes with Jasmine breaking down episodes. So it was kind of nice to see her kind of go crazy when it comes to these Morgan references in the chat. Can we talk about Morgan leaving the show briefly? Because you'd think that I'd be really, really sad about that. And maybe it still hasn't registered with me yet, but I'm all right. I think I'm okay with that. You don't always have to be sad if it's a good send-off. Yeah. They didn't I didn't expect him. it to be. They He's didn't turn alive. him into a walker and you didn't have to see a body either. But you know, there's always a chance well, to come a, back. Yeah, it's Madison. A hopeful, it was a hopeful send off. Right. It's not like It's John. not like he's just leaving and you don't know anything. No, and that's the thing. You'd think I'd be like, oh, I want my guy. I want to see my guy in the next episode. But maybe we see him with Rick and Michonne later. Well, you see, that's the other mm-hmm. side of what I was going to say in, in that there's a weird part of me that is feeling a bit guarded. I don't want to get my hopes up that we will see him again. Right. Mm-hmm. I, do you feel, I see you nodding, Bridget. You feel that way also like, as much as I want to, are they going to do it? Yes. That would be amazing. Sure. But Heath, and but I'd rather else. be surprised by it too. Mm-hmm. You remember when Andy Lincoln was at San Diego comic-con, he was rumored to be there. And like the whole time I'm like, he's not there. He's not there. There's no way. That's and exactly it was like it. so much better than when he showed up because it was like, yes, like I'm genuinely surprised by it. It just felt Nice to be surprised. AMC is on a roll of not spoiling their own stuff. So congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Cause nobody you get one, you get one, (laughs) get this one. (laughs) You, you didn't, you didn't spoil Grace's death and you didn't spoil this. So you're on a hot streak. So just keep that going. Don't spoil anything else, please. Thank you. Yeah. Did you see Lenny in the interview? And he was like, after I leave here, I'm going to go over to France and be on the Daryl show. And then I'm going to go into New York and be on the Negan show. And then they're going to bring the (laughs) world beyond back. And I'm going to be on that too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. <laughs> but let's let's be really honest. Are any of you mad at that at all? No. no Look at my no. face. He's hilarious. <laughs> it would sorry. be funny. He's hilarious. Him leaving means I do have to have more Madison. It's fucking A B, but or whatever. Or room for other people like Daniel, like June, like Luciana, maybe. We You're seen so her funny. <laughs> Why? And hopeful. Aw. So, so sweet. We will be so, so, pat my head. so I'm pat excited my head. about that. <laughs> complete the circle (laughs) oh by the way i should also mention (laughs) avi nash is on this new show called silo on apple tv but what nobody else is saying who is more predominant in that show is wes's brother Derek? i I forget the actor's name he's in that show too and he's amazing he doesn't say once why don't you try the rhubarb pie 
<laughs> he didn't say it once. <laughs> but he should. <laughs> I would die shitting if he said that. He would die shitting. That should be in his contract. That that should be in his dialogue guys, for any guys, guys. new show or movie he's in. I have to say this line for this one person so to. you can die shitting. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's the high wish. Jasmine says, an appearance on the Rick and Michonne series would be insanely awesome. I was happy not to have much Madison in this half season. I, I'm okay with that too, which only preps us for more Madison later on. Good or bad. Yay. I think it was an acceptable amount of Madison, she says. An acceptable amount of Madison. <laughs> you know, let's take that a step further. What did you think of Madison's interactions with Morgan in this episode? Because I found them personally, you know, if I couldn't be there for my kids and I couldn't be there for these kids, and I can be there for you. That's how I registered And then she it. didn't do that either. She tried, man. <laughs> you know what didn't register with me immediately? I, I got to see that. I had, I had like a half a watch today. That thing, I thought it was like a pontoon that he had his axe in when he was stuck in the 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 muck. Like, oh, it was her air the, tank. It was her air tank. I didn't realize that at first. I'm like, oh, oh that why, that's why she's wheezy. Oh, like when the they episode. cut to her, she's just laying on the ground. Ah, Morgan, I can't. This poor bitch. I know. <sighs> Everyone just like woke up and left her there. That happened a, a few times during this episode, and that's one of my issues. Why? It's it's believable. <laughs> I enjoyed it because one. This is the first time I've ever seen this in any Walking Dead show, I think. They walked toward a massive herd. I'm going to say, I love that shot, though, as Morgan's walking through and they're showing them killing the walkers from him. I totally dug that scene. Like, I was like, all right, that's that's pretty damn cool. Hey, Rachel, what would you do for your kids? Quote, unquote, even. First, I was also with you, Sharon D. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not what people do. And then when I saw it, it was Brid- I'm with Bridget though. Second watch, I was like, it was wild. They're fucking fighting for their kids. They're fucking charging into the horde for their fucking kids. It's I fucking loved amazing. that, but the reason I was okay with like the sudden people are on their own and you're really confused is because it was giving you what Morgan deals with when he goes through that kind of disassociation. Yeah. And while it was really jarring, that was the first time in this season, possibly in two seasons, that we've seen a really clear passage of time. That was a great storytelling device. I know people had a lot to say about it. They're like, the red flashes were so cheesy. Okay, one, it's an homage to old horror. So fuck you just not nicely. And so I enjoyed that way. It's just not kindly at all. I'm not going to say anything else, but it's definitely a trope for a reason, but they had not utilized it in the show. I thought it was a nice change of pace. And on top of that, it was jarring, which it was meant to be for you to feel like, okay, I, he's disassociating. Like, how confusing would this be? He's waking up mid-fight. Like, can you imagine? You're getting the tail end he's of the fight. He's waking up chest high in quicksand. How the fuck did that happen? I, like, <laughs> But I kind of enjoyed it because it was like so over the top ridiculous. It's like, what went on here? But you get to fill that in. So that's the cool part about it. And that's good writing. <laughs> Right, though? It was. That part was. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's well, fine. Of course, because, because they didn't have to time. write anything. We do all the work. <laughs> no, but all of that, all that requires choreography. And they even said it. That's the one thing I liked in the episode Insider was like, this is very technically difficult. You have to make it, first of all, that you can at least somewhat partially, but you shouldn't be able to completely be able to piece out what happened. Just like Morgan. I think I know what happened here. I hope I didn't kill anybody in the process. This is a mark of a good thing. Every scene, I was worried he killed one of the parents. There was even this one shot just before the quick, quick muck, quicksand, whatever it is that you find himself in. I thought he actually killed one of the parents. I had not been paying attention, but it was enough for me to be like, oh, what? 
it, it's and I thought it was the woman whom we mentioned earlier who had the good facial expressions, the parent, the not Odessa's mom. I thought <laughs> yeah, it was her. Odessa's mom. And I'm like, I'm like, what just what just happened? He killed one of the parents. He killed her. And but it, it, I find out later. I watched it at least one more time. It was like, okay, no, it was just a walker. But like the the fact that you felt like it could happen is good. And mm-hmm. that was really yeah. that's really really impressive. Because you know, Rachel, when he got shot at the end of season five, you're like, fuck this guy. He's not Morgan. Doesn't die. This is a dumpster moment. It's like a Glenn dumpster moment. Forget (laughs) I don't die. But this would be worse than death. Morgan being responsible for the deaths of people. That is a collective thing that just is thrown onto his conscience, right? That he could do something like that. That would have been his fault. That is something he can feel responsible for. That's actually the one thing I don't think he would, I mean, ostensibly be responsible. Like he would be responsible for it, but he's dissociating. So like, is that his fault? See, anybody, but regardless, he'd still apologize for it. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't matter anyway. I had absolutely no problem with what we saw from Morgan this episode. The red flashes, the losing time, the going out of it here, waking up a mile or 10 miles away. Who knows? Because we have no idea, no sense of time or distance traveled at all whatsoever. But what I did have a problem with was how Madison woke up. She just was like, oh, oh, Morgan, I hear you. And then like, no one was around her. Where's Daniel? I don't know. I woke up and everyone abandoned me, apparently. What? What? Anybody anybody want to jump in? And then, wait, no, I'm not done yet. You shut your face. I'm not done yet. So then she's like, I'm going to jump in this boat and go find you, Morgan. And then haircut's like, no, you're not. Ha ha ha. And then all of a sudden, Daniel's like, here we are to save you, Madison. Like, where the fuck were you 10 minutes ago? What is happening? It was so all over the place. You got something there. It's it's okay. I'm with (laughs) you on that one. Fine. The first thing I actually believe because who was this bitch? What did she do? What was her original occupation? I could see the parents abandoning this bitch. Right. But Daniel was with them. I don't think Daniel would just. I don't put it. I was so confused just now. I was like, she was a teacher, Dave. What does that have to do with anything? And then you figured it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, these kids, yeah. No, the parents. The parents would absolutely abandon her because Madison is who took their kids away, right? Like yeah, they hate no her. Problem. But no Daniel, problem. but Daniel, Daniel would thing. give this heartfelt speech and be like, "No, we must bring her." You know what I mean? Like Daniel no, would no. would save the day. Daniel's, he would. Yes, but, he would. But, You're wrong. But Daniel, Daniel's way more practical, though. <laughs> Daniel forgot that he knew her, and so then he was just like, no, it's just <laughs> for like bitch. a minute. For like a minute. They gave him his magic <laughs> drink, and he was just fine again. <laughs> he had I some love, oh, yeah. and he I was remember, fine. we left Madison back there. We gotta go get her. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the Yerba I mean, Mate's kicked in. I Whatever. Do I do, <laughs> do want to say there was, a, there was, okay, so there was an actual callback from the first episode of the season, the oxygen tank that Mo uses to escape the houseboat. That was from the first episode of the season when they took Madison there and she let the oxygen tank mm-hmm. was broken or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did like that they pulled all that together. You know what I'm saying? Nothing they, is wasted. What? Right. They yeah. didn't just forget about something? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but they've been doing that, you know, to their credit, Sharon, right? Yeah. They have been making use of seasons like, in this uh, season. Benioff and Weiss when they just forgot. Daenerys just forgot about the Iron Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Sorry. Minor spoiler, Bridget. But you don't know right. what you're talking about, so it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I don't fine. know what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. I, I need my yerba mate. Hold on. <laughs> oh, the Iron Fleet. <laughs> I channeled you, Bridget, in like the first scene. 
when, when Morgan wakes up for the first time. And he was going, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about that. No. <laughs> he sort of sounds yeah, like that, really right? It's really funny. It's really funny, actually. But, oh I didn't God. catch that one. But I liked it. Whatever. It's me. Sometimes they just give them a scene that you're just like, why <laughs> did they make you do this? Like, why? Because he's a fucking, he's a fucking true actor. A true mm. actor is just not afraid to fucking go there. He just fucking goes there. So like, you can look at it one way. You can look at it. Like, what? What is that? What is that, Lenny James? But then you can also go like, I'm genuinely, genuinely terrified. How did I get here? That's what I got from that. So whatever. I wanted to touch on something that could look to a person who hasn't watched the episodes. Like, okay. Okay. She's in Patterson is like, chill out, Morgan. What? I had to stop you. Everything's fine. But you know what? To touch what, on something. What happened? Yeah. To, it's like. But like to touch on something that you previously said. What was Madison's original occupation? Guidance. Right. But you still have to have a, uh, I think at least a PhD. You have to te- have a teacher's teaching degree. So, I mean, yeah. it's believable. So she's like, okay. Teaching, yes. PhD, no. A you have to have like a certification. It's a major minimum, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. not a PhD. No. I, yeah, I thought she my had friend Meli- oh, My friend oh, Melissa yeah, yeah, yeah. is a guidance counselor at a junior high. Yeah, it's not a PhD. I, well, for it's high school, you have, to have a, a, you have to have a degree. Well, at least in New York State, you have to have a degree. Still, yeah. no, probably still LA. A degree. Probably LA, too. So... All of this is believable. All of this is kind of like, okay, it makes sense that Madison's really super calm in this moment and super chill about this. And I think she sees Morgan as an asset throughout this entire thing. Like, we need this guy, at least for Mo, and Mo can get the children to do things. Well, say what you will about Morgan. He is a machine when it comes to, like, those blackouts. Woo! It's comparable to Alicia at the height of like Alicia's OP status when everybody was like that season premiere of season five. (laughs) It's the same Mm -hmm. thing with the propeller and Morgan just Mm -hmm. like, all right, you got this. It's, I mean, I got my stake, whatever, but you, you got, I'll be back here while you swing that thing around. It's cutting your hands and shit. Her Final Fantasy Seven Cloud Sword. Yeah, her Buster Sword. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what I like most about the blackouts, other than the cool little flashes of whatever, was Morgan's face. Just like we don't often get to see him smile. We did get to see him smile in this episode, so let me just mention that, which is great. But just like that, you don't often get to see him in a rage. That kind of like intense, I've got to fucking kill things. That actually triggered me a little. That just felt really authentically frightening kudos i have the goosebumps just thinking about it right now i, I should also mention that jasmine says would have been funny if he killed madison <laughs> in that moment i, I mean you're left thinking it several left. times <laughs> like, i know i wanted to mention that yeah. though yeah can't we acknowledge that mo left morgan to drown that house that's yeah. what i want to talk about that scene i want to talk the ho- about the houseboat scene let's also acknowledge that morgan was using grace's blood to write that shit all over the walls of the train car mm-hmm not yeah. knowing, but yeah. Yeah. So the houseboat scene has this beautiful shot that I think you could really kind of overlook because it was fast. After he gets Mo out, he gives her the tank. I loved that idea because it was it was a really great thought. It pans over to the corner of the houseboat and it just holds on the corner where the King County and Dwayne and Jenny was painted. Mm-hmm. And it goes underwater. And the water slowly rises up and it just holds on that. And that was a really great choice cinematography wise because it's really subtle. But it just goes to show that all of that's being washed away 
Like a baptism almost. Yeah. Because what was it called? Eurotrophication. I don't remember. There's a term, but it has to do with the belief in the 1800s and previous that water could dissolve anything. And so that's why there's like a bunch of garbage in the ocean and in lakes and and rivers and stuff, specifically in Europe, but also in America. It's because people genuinely believe that water dissolved everything, that it was like a, a purifying force. And so they would just throw garbage in the water because the water would just take care of it. Now, we know now that that's not at all what happens, but the symbolism still stands. You get this powerful imagery of the water washing all of this away. It was beautiful. I was thankful for that. The cinematography, like I said, has been just over the top beautiful. And you've mentioned it in almost every episode, Jeremy. You've paid close attention to the the shots that we've been getting. And this is one that I finally caught because a lot of the time when you bring up the shots, I didn't catch it in the moment but this was one that i caught and i was like that was such a choice i actually remember that shot kind of thinking the same thing you're washing away morgan's past or like the sword the king arthur sword going back into the lake so there's something about comes out or like returning something to the earth or something or like teddy return to the earth yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry mother (laughs) (laughs) we can go norman bates on this too it's fine uh no that's teddy mother blood (laughs) mother but yeah, well, why don't we acknowledge Jazz's question? Why did Mo zip tie Morgan to the houseboat? Because he tried to kill her. He tried to, <laughs> he kill, tried her. to kill her, dude. <laughs> That's why she stabbed him. But now that this thing is really starting to sink, what? Uh, why does she leave she him there? She says, what do you, like, I'm not going to leave you to die. And he says, I'll get out of it. Now, why wouldn't she believe him? He's just killed like almost a herd of walkers by himself like there's no reason for her to doubt that he would i didn't take issue with that at all okay she's a kid she's listening to her dad she's making the smart choice i'm glad she's not being obstinate in this moment the one time she didn't do the opposite of what he the said the one time she listens right i don't know if you guys caught this it was really 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 weird i'm not sure if it was meant to be variant related or what but the boat's sinking mo is out Morgan grabs the axe. He moves it underwater so you can assume he's breaking the zip tie. And then he turns towards the window where those three walkers are. So it's, what is the name? Krennic or whatever. And then the two. And the screen goes red again. And Hmm. all of a sudden... You see, it's almost like one of the walkers leaps forward. You only see it for a split second because it's the red flash. The walkers were there and then all of a sudden one is like barreling forward, dives into the house. It was really weird. I was like, what? It happened so fast that I couldn't figure out if it was Krennic or not because I was like, wouldn't that be cool if he was like a variant? I wasn't sure if it was intentional or if it was just something that got caught on film, but it was really interesting. Let us know in the comments or your rating. Hmm. How about that? Rate this podcast.com slash walking dead or in the YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Oh, are I you also, done with this episode? No, I, I <laughs> could I could actually but I could see the walker like spilling in because I mean at, after a certain point they're all trying to get in and if the water starts flowing in, they just They historically have not floated though. So it was a little it was interesting. More like it reaches a certain height and then all of a sudden, like they're reaching in, the water kind of just carries them into the house, let's say. So maybe not maybe, under their yeah, own way. Yeah, so it could be could be that. It could have been giving the illusion that the house was collapsing, which is what was happening. Right. I mean, we we saw the water rising on that far wall, so we can assume the mm-hmm. that the whole house is you know, mm-hmm. continually right. and, and they're, they're 
on the higher up piece on the outside. So they're probably like, it's spilling, I guess, or something or whatnot. I guess. Right? Yeah. It was just yeah. really unusual. And it was only one of them. It was just something that I saw and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, I, I it didn't to try that. to see what it was again. I couldn't figure it out. The only other thing that I wrote a note about, I want to focus on the line that Madison says to Morgan. We never really lose people, Morgan. None of us do. I don't know. I'm feeling sentimental because it's Father's Day. I don't have a dad anymore. I don't have my grandpa anymore. I just love that sentiment. You guys know I'm Christian. So like, yeah, I believe in heaven. Wait, you're and Christian? So I believe that. Shut up. <laughs> I believe in heaven. And I believe that for sure my grandfather's there. Like, I have no doubt in my mind when he died. I wasn't. I mean, I'm sad for me, but I wasn't sad because I, I knew he was there. But my dad was not a believer. And so I've really struggled with that over the last couple of years. What does that mean for me and him? And it's like emotional. And I, I don't know how to feel about it in your life. Kind of like feeling like this is something that I have to deal with, but I don't know how. And what if that's it for him? That's just it. He's just gone. So the thought that you don't lose people because you carry them with you, that's how I can make peace with that. I have his memory to carry with me. And he shaped the person that I am for all the bad that was involved in that. He helped shape me to be this person. And so I was really thankful for it. It wasn't too cheesy. It wasn't too overwhelmingly. It was just enough. And I was really thankful for it. And then thankful that it came at a time that I was struggling with this to hear it on a weekend where I felt like I really needed to hear it. You're thinking to yourself, fuck this episode for airing on Father's Day. But then also they kind of go through I mean, the motions. What are you guys doing? <laughs> but then they go through the motions of saying, well, just because they're gone for those who don't have their fathers, just because they're gone doesn't mean you don't carry them with you Yeah, in your heart and in your mind. Let's say if they're not gone, if they're just away from you, they're still with you. As long yeah. as you carry them with you and believe they're with you. If you are somebody who believes, who's a believer, there's, you've got to believe that higher power is reaching into you and channeling that spirit of forgiveness, that spirit of looking at the positives of that person and forgiving and maybe translating it into some sort of... Yeah, that's what I pray, right? Like the, those final moments. Shambhala or, or like Nirvana or whatever it is, or heaven or that that yeah. counts toward the good. Yeah. That's gotta. Yeah, that's all that I can do. That's that's the hope that I cling on to. But I didn't expect my favorite line so far of this season to come from Madison. I just did it. That's two. I, I just did it. That's two. I just did it. All right, we're and, waiting for you, Rachel. We're waiting. And then she ruined it when Krennic bit strike she's like he was always with her like that explains the entire reason her entire reasoning behind it what a way to just destroy the beautiful line you just said a little <laughs> while ago i didn't mind that because credit to maya shet for the look on her face says so much the the fear the joy the grief it's all there really quickly in the matter of milliseconds so i get it because as stupid as that was, as, as dumb as it seemed to say it in that moment, he was, and she tried to turn away from it. But there was almost something wrong about her trying to turn away from it. Yeah, she tried to turn away from it, and it and it didn't go the way she wanted it to. He didn't leave you. He didn't have a choice. That's what I got from that. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him. It's not his fault. Well, and he did that for you. He gave his life for you and your brother to be able to live. And you did. So you tried to do something. Okay. You took a sacrifice and you twisted it. Because you were, I'm say, going to say that you were angry with him for leaving you. She does yeah, apologize well, yeah. for I that. mean, there's a, there's a lot I of I feel like I'm in like real weird waters by saying that. I feel, but I feel like that was the whole crux of what they were trying to do. Now, also the other half of that crux is something we often say about kids is that she's also angry at him for not exposing them to this danger or not helping them to understand what the danger is. 
we kind of mentioned that when Ben should have known better and not taken binoculars to, their, to his father. But then I, I resolved myself to say, well, their father didn't expose them to the danger. Of course he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. He's heard secondhand. He's been safe on an island. This is why we want to train kids like Gracie and shit so they know how to fucking defend That's what themselves. I'm referring to. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And so well, don't you think she would be mad at her father in that way too? Why didn't you train us? What? Like I'm training these children that their parents probably never trained those babies. Well, we're going to do it from the, from the start. We're going to make sure that they don't see this is the negative side. We're going to make sure that from the egg, they know what they're dealing with so that they don't have to deal with the, the pain that we're dealing with. Right. And so it all comes full circle. But still, she realizes what the impetus of that was. It's like the negative side of that. And that's, well, it was born out of anger. It was born out of the feeling of abandonment and like anger that you didn't you didn't properly train us. You tried to protect us from this world. You shouldn't. That's why I said there were an interesting mirror to the Clark family in a way that these kids were inadvertently prepared for the, for the apocalypse, whereas the critics were not. The kids at least were not. And they reacted and they created a community of people who were never going to be not prepared for this world. But it was born out of anger and abandonment and trauma. So of course it translated weirdly. And that's what makes Crane trying to make the kids kill their parents. This is the masterstroke. If you can do this, you can do anything now. Kill your parents. Be like us. Oh, and again, I too wish the show could walk us to that plank at least so that we can dump, dive in. Let's say the diving board so that we can dive in. But here we are. We're doing it. And I appreciate it. I see what they're trying to do. And it is pretty emotional. So I think the time has come to talk about the title sequence for real, though. Because like I said, I, I stood up and I yelled at somebody who wasn't there. Did you see that shit? <laughs> Nobody's there. Nobody's there. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And then thinking about it, now, I'm just, just makes me so emotional. And it hits all these notes that all of us have talked about. Yeah, in one 15-second mm. title sequence, they managed to get... Jenny. Jenny. Joins Eastman, Nick, John, Isaac, Rachel, John Sr., Alicia, Grace. Where's Charlie? Morgan saved Charlie, remember, in 406 when the vultures came and they were having the shootout and Alicia was going to shoot Charlie in the face and so was Luciana. Morgan is the one that saved her. So why isn't Charlie It was in interesting there? that Charlie wasn't in there, but Alicia was. And that wow. was a really big topic of conversation online is, does that mean Alicia's really dead? That that's what I was going to ask next. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that was really what I was asking. But for all he knows, she's dead. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. That's at least that. Charlie knows Charlie dead. But does he have hope that she's not? Well, does that yeah. mean Charlie's alive too? <laughs> no, you no. You mean Sarah no, and Wendell are alive? She, she can't be alive. Hey, what do you, you mean everybody's alive? Okay. People who shouldn't be alive are alive, so. I mean, right. yeah, look at Madison. Mm, we'll get to that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get your bring back XXX hashtags ready. But let's acknowledge <laughs> the fact that I think out of all the fucking title sequence, this is the most fucking wild one. I'm not saying it in a bad way. It was so fucking good. It tells the story. These are all the people that he would think, I lose these people and I lose myself. That sort of thing. Oh, you know who else wasn't in there? Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Maxon. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to boil it down to the people who's really forged relationships with, I think. And had but key Henry was with. the reason he lost it. Right. I think he had a yeah. pretty tight relationship with Henry. Ish. I he think trained ish. him. Yeah, but I still think ish. Same thing with Lydia. He spent time with Lydia too, training her. But he did train Henry. That They were very close. It's why he goes all crazy clear mode. He doesn't know Henry's dead because that happened after he, he left. left before. Yeah. Oh. By the way, and the Good reason call. that isn't special is also because in the in the clinch, 
he gave up on looking for Henry because he didn't want to know if he was alive or dead. It was just in that moment where the saviors that were penned up in Hilltop escaped. He went with Rick to get them again. And instead of looking for Henry with Carol, where Carol gets her kind of return, she finds Henry in literally the same growth as Sophia. Remember where Sophia was hiding out? It was a callback to the first season, second season, whatever. Anyway, second season, second season. She finds him, but Morgan couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to do it, which is why it makes sense that he's not. And like you said, he doesn't know that Henry's dead. So how could he? I mean, I would say he was closer to Henry than he was to Isaac or Rachel. He didn't know either of them very long. He was probably closer to Charlie than he was to Isaac or Rachel. I wonder if that's just a lack of telling that story because they were the only people that lived in that area with him for a little for a time. Well, he knew Isaac for like two see days. Much about it because yeah. Isaac yeah. died. Well, that's true. Yeah. But Rachel, Rachel, you would have been potentially a lot closer with Isaac's. The reason he has Mo in his life, right? Yeah. That's and true. I, and he has a that's, life. That's also true. By the way, I watched that season premiere of season six, and this motherfucker, this Isaac, did not give up on him, even though he wanted him to give up on him. He didn't give up on him. Mm-hmm. It's like an Eastman all over again. I am so glad. I mean, I'm not complaining about Isaac and Rachel being in no, the title, no. I, I know. title card I know. because I am totally stoked that they put them in there. I appreciate that they have acknowledged throughout the season that Isaac and Rachel are Mo's parents because we love Bridget. I mean, we we love Bridget. I so like it's Michael nice too. Yeah, I, I love Michael too. He's He's really interactive and he's really sweet. Yeah, he's just a sweetheart. And he's a tremendous actor. Yeah. Even in that fucking episode, that motherfucker was he's a smooth operator, that guy. <laughs> fucking Isaac. <laughs> I liked Isaac. I wish I wish he'd lasted. I was saving these pickle chips for my wife, but you know, you're having a bad day here. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'll put them right here. You know, they're right here in case you need. I couldn't stop watching this interaction. It's a mini Eastman. This dude needs my help. He needs a little bit of a win. No, no. Just like Madison in this episode, I'm not leaving you alone, man. You need somebody. You need me. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Whatever this guy is. I forget his name now. We, I know Josiah now. I don't know the Emil. Emil. Emil that's his name. You could look at it both ways. Morgan sees red and he's finally reached clear mode because I lose people, I lose myself. But now, after watching the episode, these are all the people that now he can look upon favorably and with joy. That these are the people that made it so that I could be, that that I could get this. It's the answer to Shrike's question. Other people die, but I don't. It's not about that. It's about the people that you carry with you because you're alive. You carry with you because they took a chance on you. They did that out of love. Well, you tarnish their memory when you don't honor the time that you had together and instead focus on the time that you didn't. And that you lost. Right. And that, that oh, I could have saved them. Don't get wrapped up in that. You're not honoring their memory that way. They did that because they have autonomy. They have love in their hearts. They have generosity. They did that not for them, for you, and maybe a little bit for them because of their character, but honor their memory. Carry on. Bring them with you. That is what you get out of that in the second watch. It's, it's beautiful. And watching them, they're not on the ground. Bleh, like they're No, they're right behind him. They're pushing him forward. And they're in color. And it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. Stand up and cheer. <laughs> Yell at somebody in the room who's not there. That's, that's how I reacted to that. <laughs> Sharon, what are, these, what are these maps that you've given me? That we should probably put on the screen. Okay. So the two maps that I sent you are the coordinates. So at the beginning of the tag scene, Madison is talking on the radio, right? We see the hands and whatnot. So Madison reads out a set of coordinates. Padre has fallen. They are no longer a threat to you or your children. If you want to join Padre, here's the coordinates. Send us an SOS and we'll come get you. So it's in the Georgia swamps. That's the picture that popped up when I put the coordinates in was the picture of the house and stuff out there. Okay, let me share that first. Let me share the house first. The coordinates are 31 degrees, 51 minutes north, 81 degrees, 10 minutes west. And that is what comes up. So not in the ocean, 
like Atlantis oh, off the coast of Morocco. It's this five hour and one minute from where? From your your place or what yeah. is it? <laughs> the the poor people who own this property. Like this. their property's just mm-hmm. like on blast now. Let's zoom mm-hmm. on. What is this? No no trespassing. What does it say on this house? <laughs> it says no spying. Get out of here, Google Maps. Don't dead open inside. That's <laughs> what it says. The other one is the actual location on the map. And this is the actual coordinates here. This is Georgetown, Montgomery. Richmond Hill, Fort McAllister. Fort McAllister was mentioned in the series, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, in the first episode. No, the flashback. Fort McAllister episode. does sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah, Krennic I think mentions Fort McAllister at some point. Oh. And Keller. Asabao Island. Asaba. 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 That is on the Georgia coast. So as it's panning across and you see the different items or whatever, one of them is a map. And there are circles, places circled this on the map. This is in the tag, right? At the end, right, right before the credits? Right. Okay. The hand grabs a map. If you freeze frame it, you can see a line. I could not zoom in enough to see the names on the map myself. What I did was put another ma- a map of the Texas border underneath it and kind of line them up. I couldn't get a good enough screenshot. It starts in San Rosario, which I don't know anything about seasons one through three, so I don't know if that was a place. But it's in Baja, California, on the Pacific coast. And then it goes up into Yuma, Arizona, and then it goes over to Nogales, Arizona, and then it goes to Tucson, then it goes to Odessa, Texas, which I thought was pretty cool because Odessa. Odessa. And then from Odessa, it goes to Eden, Texas, which Eden was the name Mm. of the dam settlement. Thanks, Jenna. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Jenna, for that one. And then from Eden, it goes to Austin, and then from Austin, it goes to Houston or Louisiana. It's hard to tell on the map, but there's lines. All of these areas are circled and there's lines going to each one like somebody's traveled that way going there. It ends in Houston or Louisiana. But so I just, somebody's I, looking for something. I thought it was really cool that it, that one of the names was Eden. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go over what's on that table, too. Obviously. Sunglasses. Flashlight. Canteen. Alicia's arm. Yeah. That was the over the top <laughs> portion of it. First of all, do you think this is Troy? Second of all, do you think... Does this confirm that Alicia's dead or she left it behind? I think we're supposed to think this is Troy. Yeah. And I think maybe he popped her in the head with a hammer and that's how he got her arm. Or she could have left it behind. Or she was already like, a walker. It was redundant. So do you think it might be more altruistic? Do you think that Troy is trying to tell Madison that Alicia's dead? That she, maybe she doesn't know. Maybe he's trying to help her out. Huh. Well, if this is Troy, I don't think he's looking for her so he can be like, hey, let's team up and be friends. Like, I don't, I I don't see you. that happening. <laughs> I missed you. I don't see that happening. So... Obviously, I feel like he's going to use Alicia's arm as like a scare tactic. He's either going to lie and be like, oh, I killed your daughter. She's that dead. I put her talks. down. That's exactly how he talks. I she sounds daughter. exactly like him right now. I like kill your daughter. <laughs> I killed your talks. daughter and like um, put her down and stuff. So she's totally not coming back. She's like totally dead. Yeah. Guys? For sure. Dead. It's uncanny. The British Daniel Sharman <laughs> definitely saw it sounds like that. Yeah, I think this is the boot thing. Is that the golf though, right there? Yeah, yeah this is the golf right here. Yeah. It wouldn't be Houston then. It's yeah, too no. close H- to the golf. Then it might be Louisiana. Houston's like a two or three hours from well, the golf? it's not that far because it's right off Galveston. Houston, it's Houston and Galveston, and Galveston is on the Gulf. Galveston's right. on the bay, but Houston is nowhere near the water. It's like right. it's a trip. Right. My mom lived there. Right. It took a while. So that to get might down be there. Louisiana then. Like I said, it was it was hard for me to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell. It does kind of look like maybe it's more Louisiana. Just because of the foot thing off to the right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's New Orleans. There's right. no state yeah. lines or anything either. But 
it almost doesn't even matter. There are, but you can barely make them out because you can see New Mexico right here. And there's a line here. What are the and then, big letters? E, D. Oh, this is the United States. E <laughs> That's what those big letters Oh, are. okay. I just saw <laughs> E, D. But anyway, oh, it doesn't, ma okay, it doesn't matter okay. the exact location. <laughs> yes, no. This is their history. This is them going from Mexico, Baja, Mexico, yeah. Strand. This is their journey across the, the seasons and all the way down to Louisiana, where, of course, Troy. But Troy didn't even know them then. So who would have known them from the beginning? And we never saw Madison and Eden. No, no. But he might not have been fully. Because remember our big critique in season six, which was get off the radio. <laughs> People are listening on radio. Mm -hmm. They don't have to That's talk true. back. <laughs> but they they, he was with them from the beginning. So who is it really? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'd like, I'd like it to be Nick. somebody else. <laughs> Hashtag it's Tobias. Tobias. Yes. I'm all for Tobias coming back. All for it. He's going to show up and be like, boom, Madison. Told you so, bitch. Yes. And then he just leaves. <laughs> like, yeah, he's I, want him, I want him to be traveling this whole time with a microphone, and he just walks up to her and he's like, boom, and then walks away. Like, that's the whole point of the trip. Just <laughs> mic drop right in front of Madison. <laughs> I love it. I should drop his Personally. knife in front of her. Wouldn't that be even better? <laughs> <laughs> no, because then she has a with weapon. Change. With his change. <laughs> this is like his office space stapler, right? It's my like, here, I brought my stapler. I brought my knife. Uh, <laughs> well, and she's like, and she's like, why don't you stay? No. No. And he just goes. No. It's like, no. <laughs> I love it. I've seen what I you guys, I've seen you what you guys do. Nah. And Tobias would definitely know Alicia because obviously they were in school together. Yeah. Right. Even though we never actually saw them interact, but we know they know each other. So on the table, there's a hammer, which is obviously the hammer that Madison uses to Troy. There's also sunglasses, which are Victor's sunglasses, correct? Could Very similar. Yeah. He, he's the only person I remember wearing like aviator shades. Yeah. And he wore them a lot in the first and second season. Mm -hmm. Although if he was bashed in the orbital, like the orbital socket, maybe he has something similar to Norman. Rita's, who ha was injured on set and has these migraines if he doesn't wear sunglasses, too. Okay, Dave, he's Corey Hart, so he wears his sunglasses at night so he can so he can see shadows in his eyes. <laughs> Bridget, you, you picked up what I what I laid down. So there you go. So he can. So he can. I'll take the credit for that one. I'm done. We're fine. <laughs> anyway, um, fuck you for Tobias. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> so I okay. So, but Cookie, I restrained my myself, boy, didn't I? My boy Cookie TWD over on TikTok that I've been talking about. It's Clash PR, by the way. Yes, thank you. Because I had to do it for the blog. I put the thing that you mentioned. Yeah, he posted a video, I think yesterday, where he said it finally clicked that the bag on the table is the bag from the scene where Troy dies. Mm. Mm. When it pans out, Troy is laying on the ground and Madison's walking away. There's a bag on the floor. Okay. Same bag. And the bag he picks so up. So that was kind of cool. So I guess the yeah. dam was just yeah. a dream. Mm. Oh my I God. They're Dallasing uh, us. I don't think so, but whatever it is, he's who not normal shot right JR? now. He's definitely not normal <laughs> who, right now. Who hammered Troy? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I even watched the scene where he gets carried away by the water. It's so jarring. I mean, it's like, it's no it. That's it. gone till they're gone. Well, maybe this is one of those things, man. Like where he wasn't gone. That's I why I'd like it to be somebody else. Ideally. I should say that it's not. Or you can also say that it could be the idea of Troy. I'll say that much. I like other theories. Maybe it's Taka. 
Because it's definitely not Daniel Shoneman, by the way. It's Crazy Dog. Wait, did Travis kill all those kids that killed Chris? Because maybe it's one of them. Maybe it's Chris. Maybe it's Michonne. (laughs) Didn't see him die. I keep mentioning that Travis buries Chris. No, Dave. (laughs) I didn't see his body, so it didn't happen. Maybe it's Travis. Travis survived. Yeah, maybe it's Travis. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow he's alive. Maybe it's Madison. Oh wait, sorry, she's already there. Thanks. Look at look Thanks, at this. Jasmine. Look at Jazzy. Thanks. Maybe it's Jazzy. Michonne. Maybe, maybe it's Michonne. Maybe it's <laughs> you know what? It can maybe, be old Judith. Maybe it's Maybelline. Guys, we did this with Madison for several seasons. I don't want. I don't want to. We're not. We're just. It's Troy. Let's just. Can we move on now? It's not. It's Tobias. Wow, oh my just, gosh! I know who it is. It's Heath. Even though Chloe was not a black man. <laughs> Get away from get away from me. If we've just opened the door to bringing back dead people, then let's bring back Charlie. We didn't see a body anywhere. Oh, it's Charlie. Right. It's Charlie. Charlie. Bring back John. Jasmine. It's not John. That wasn't really John. It was his twin. He had an evil twin who deserved to be killed. So the real John is out there looking for June as we speak. It's Sarah. She would look so fly in those glasses. Right. Okay. It's Sarah. It's Sarah. Yeah. Troy did have long hair peering down. From where he was writing, so it was like, yeah, it's Sarah. You know, it's Sarah. Sarah, Sarah liked it's to Sarah. get hammered, so that's where the hammer comes yep. in. So it's yep. it's Sarah. Yeah, and she was a, a trucker, so she's covered long stretches of. Yeah, maybe it was road. Tabitha. That's true. that was just the delivery. No. Yeah. It's Tabitha. Oh, maybe it's no. maybe it's Martha. Hashtag. She says hashtag bring back John Dory several times. Yeah, <laughs> Jasmine oh says. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Flooding. John had a twin just like Emil. So John's twin is the one that got killed on the bridge. Dom Dory. Not not John. His name is Don. Yeah. Don Dory. No, D O M. Like Dominic. No. Yes. That doesn't rhyme. It's Johnny and Donnie. It's Johnny and Dommy. Ron Dory. It's John Nobody and Dom. Nobody calls anyone Dommy. It's Dom no. Dory. It's Ron Dory. It's, D- D- it's double D's. They call them double D's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody oh, calls anybody that except for. No. Is it dark or, out already? <laughs> I know. We're really dominant from the other day. So. <laughs> You're the one with a drink. That. You have an excuse. We have no excuse. <laughs> and you're the, yeah, you're the one coming up with Dommy. Oh my gosh, no, no. Jasmine. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's Aaron and it's actually his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Thank <laughs> you. I can't get over the fact that I'm not feeling upset about Morgan leaving the show. I can't get over it. I, I can't get over that it. That you're not upset? That I'm not upset. Jasmine's saying what I'm, I'm saying. I haven't processed it yet, to be frank. And I'm, I can't believe I'm at this at peace with it. And just to give chum to the sharks in that the water. That's a good ending, you know, good way to go off. So well, for many seasons, people wanted Morgan off the show. And so it's interesting to see that in a sense, everybody kind of got what they wanted. A, the people like Morgan didn't want it to die. B, the people who don't like Morgan have him off the show for the remaining s- six episodes, which is great for them. So, you know, you got to give them a little chum. You got to feed the birds a little bit, you know, or else they'll revolt. But I'm at peace with a happy ending. I'm okay with that. This is a far cry from the prediction I made in season four, like the swan song, which is like only Al survives and she gets to tell their stories because they live on in her to kind of bring it back to this episode. The people that you leave behind, you take them with you. You bring their memory with you. That was the point of the swan song. Al finally stepping into the frame and being a part of this world instead of hiding behind a camera, pretending she's, that she's not <laughs> for the longest time. 
Jasmine, I wish Al was still alive. Wait, maybe it's Al. <laughs> it's funny that Jasmine says that because as I was watching the episode, before it panned all the way down the table, the first thing that popped in my head was Al. I don't know why. There was absolutely no clues. There was nothing to lead me in that direction. But for some reason, my brain went, Al? Everyone online ha- that has seen it has been like, it's a woman. Right. And Jane, Jane it, had said the same thing in they're the chat like, with me earlier. They're like, no, it's oh, a woman. And then so, people are like, no, so it's Jennifer. Actually, I, I thought it was a woman at first, too, until I went back and rewatched yeah. it again. And it's definitely more masculine than I thought it was. What's really funny about that, really, really funny, is the casting call made sure that the double that they needed for Daniel in the interim before they hopefully got Daniel, fingers crossed, Daniel Sharman, supposedly, whatever, was they were looking for lookalikes and they particularly looking for somebody with the same hand type as Daniel Sharman. Have you seen this actor? They like black out the eyes to get the like we need somebody to look like that. No, they like blurred out the eyes to kind of like don't focus on the actor himself. Of course, we know that's Daniel Sharman. Remember when Michonne was first brought on The Walking Dead? It's similar. They, they, it's not Daniel Sharman. That's a look. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. So it wasn't it's a similar Denaya. reveal. So Jasmine says, maybe it's L after having ate more food. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the CRM. Could be Troy and the CRM and Al. And Al. She doesn't say Al. I say Al. Oh, okay. Now she's saying and Al. And Al. <laughs> and Al. Rachel, you were about to say that you had a minor issue with something. I just wanted somebody to make sense of this for me. Just give me a reason to not be irritated with this. But Morgan wakes up out of his red zone and he's just in the swamp. And oh, okay. Mo has just stabbed him. She's like, you were going to kill me. So I had to stop you. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, of course. Right. You're, you're about to be attacked. You got I, I get that. Why is she by herself? Where the fuck is everyone else that she was just with? Remember just before that, she was telling them to spread out because they were getting cornered. So they all kind of spread to a distance, essentially. So far and none of them, not a single one of them saw Morgan stumbling into the swamp. None of them. He didn't pass a single one of them on his way there. <laughs> Remember, you can't see the house. It's 10 feet in front. Anyway. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. They were all on the all other right. side of the house, hidden behind the right, brush. Right. Right. Yeah. The brush. Okay. Right. right. Just like all the walkers that didn't come as Shrike is screaming and they're all right. yelling. And they're all walkers were they're just, just like watching this unfold there, too. Like, hey, what's up? Well, they were getting their yeah. steps in. They were like trying to like, yeah, let's give us some space. <laughs> we need to get our, our walker steps they're in. All, they're all wearing their fitbits. Yeah, they're like looking at, oh, yeah, I reached my goal. Cool. Oh, I'll, got, just, I I'll just hang out here now. I got to get Shrike's got to get her steps in. Oh, this oh. guy, he's violating the steps rule. Mm, oh, it's Krennic. <laughs> Fine. No problem. We'll allow it. Even Morgan, when Mo got him into the houseboat, he's like, how the hell did you get me in here? Just like everybody else yeah. was asking. <laughs> the the, the, the thing is she surrounded said, by walkers. But what did she say? That She they, said they something. She responded to that. I forget what she said. She said, though. I had to get you or you were going to die. But all I could think of was he's <laughs> in the water. So he's like... Floating. Ten times easier to to break Yeah, but up. he's in right. his clear mode trying to kill everything. How did she drag him into the houseboat long enough to And there's walkers everywhere? Yeah. And 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 attach him to the wall with a zip tie. Like he just stood there and let her do it. He was in his clear <laughs> mode. How the hell did she get him in the houseboat? That is something I wanted to talk about because what I liked about being in clear mode for him was yeah, you got to see the undeniably killing fierceness of Morgan in clear mode. But I, you also got to see flashes of him being a human being. Like, uh, we're not walkers. We have an indefinite amount of energy. You did see him stumble. You did see him fall. You did see him 
run out of gas frequently. Remember what he was doing in the last episode? He was running from the carnival area. Don't you stop me! You know, and he he didn't make it on time. He was running and he didn't make it on time. But he made it just in time to stop Walker Grace from killing Mo. All of this to say, when was the last time this motherfucker slept? I guess we would know if they'd had any, any sense of when time was fucking passing. So. <laughs> from his perspective. None of any of them slept ever. <laughs> Never. To your point, sure. Yeah. More to the point, this guy's exhausting a, a tremendous amount of energy, and you got to see him running out of that juice, that gas, that clear juice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, Maybe sorry. Daniel gave like, some his of his clearness. yerba mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> Oh, hey, I know who you are. Why'd you stab me? <laughs> you didn't have your yerba mate, Dad. You didn't have your yerba mate. Yerba mate, like Mo. It's a cure. An advertisement. Why didn't they just think of advertising throughout Fear the Walking? They makes more money and maybe a better show. Anyway. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to have a conversation about it. I just want to point out that it is sad that once again June has lost any chance of a family that she thought she was going to have. Yeah. She lost Maybe like Charlie, parents, she though. lost John, and now she lost the chance of Dwight and Sherry and Finch. So, like I said, I don't really want to get into a conversation. I just want to say it's very sad. Maybe Sherry so. will go back to where June is and they'll team up and be Golden Girls together. Yeah, I'm down with that. Go kidnap some kids. I would like Dwight to be go a Golden Girl, kids of their own. Really? <laughs> Something cute about that. Anyway. Yeah, Dwight can be a Golden Girl, too. They're in an interesting spot where they have this tabula rasa where they can go anywhere, at least. What does it mean for her character to move on from this point? Well, and she does have a bunch of children she can now take care of without threat of Padre, ideally. But you know, the show has six episodes to fuck shit up. And we never did see what happened to Crane. No, truly. Yeah. Not gone. No one's gone until they're gone. Mm, True. It's Crane in that tag scene. (laughs) 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 What's with the map and the hammer? Oh, what a... What a fake out. And how did he get Alicia's arm? <laughs> He's really angry. No he was like, I'm going to find your is. daughter's arm. I heard all about it. I heard all about it on the radio. You idiots talking on the radio all the time. <laughs> you said that so angrily. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Where did I go? Guys, what happened? I'm gonna go find your daughter. All I saw was red and I came back. What happened? Oh my god. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead Five stars and eggplants. All we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we missed, please. Please tell us what we missed. But remember to tell us after every episode. That's ratethispodcast.com slash dead And if you really, 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 well, or if you kind of like what we're doing out here, the good out here, maybe, why don't you consider following us for free on either Kofi or Patreon? I highly recommend it because you'll know when we record so that you, like Jasmine and Mitchell, can pop in to the studio for free whenever you want. Lend us your thoughts as we record at the very least. And if you really, really like what we, because you have to really like to do this, uh, what we're doing, you can either tip us on <laughs> ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, hashtag big about John Dory's all Jasmine's saying right now, or you can join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month and you can get these benefits in perpetuity. The unedited episode recordings, if you miss these recording sessions, Discord access, which people have been making use of, as well as a whole host of really cool perks in our Kofi shop or in our posts, our archives. In any case, I'm excited to see what's coming. 
from Fear the Walking Dead. I think most people were happy to see this Padre saga come to a close, I think, and see where that goes next. And happy to see this story move on to whatever they're, they're going to do for the close involving Troy, probably. It's hard to let the show go, and I don't know when it's coming back. And I hope it doesn't come back for a while so we can digest this part of the season <laughs> a little bit while we break down The Walking Dead Dead City, for fuck's sake. We have to do this. We have to get on here tomorrow night live. Are you guys excited about the rest of Fear of the Walking Dead? Are you happy that this Padre saga is closed? I'm very happy the Padre saga is closed. So I didn't love it to begin with. So I mean, I'm always I'm always over. excited for the next for what's to come on Fear, no matter what, because I love the show. As everybody who's watched me in the last six episodes can tell, June is still alive, so I'm I'm in it. I've made it this far. I'm not going anywhere. Am I excited about it? Eh. Madison's still here, and Sarah's not. So that's what about where I'm the at. Padre saga closing? at least is that you you're okay with that could they have done more with it yeah i think they could have done a lot more with it i don't know i guess we'll see what direction they're moving in in the back half because if it's literally just madison running around trying to find these kids parents that sounds super boring i think that's how it's gonna probably start out so tired of hearing the word padre don't care if i (laughs) never hear it again i'm so glad that they're done with that Shrike and Crane were terrible villains, and it was kind of boring. And I'm including Mm. season seven in that. I'm including season seven in that, too. Uh, Hashtag bring back Don Dory. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Mm Thank you again so much for listening to this episode discussing Fear the Walking Dead's sixth episode, its mid-season finale, in its eighth and final season, titled All I See is Red. Because we had some technical difficulties at the end, I just wanted to take a second to sign off. I was your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster, that's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. One of the perks that our upper tiers receive at the end of every podcast and you could be too if you join either the whisperers or survivors tier on either Kofi or patreon is they get shout outs at the end of every episode starting with the survivors tier members we've got at real ryan gm on twitter at eliza jones 71 on instagram or at jones aj6 on twitter and of course linda peck athens you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy and on to our whispers tier members we've got takira lawrence who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash connie dixon for life that's connie dixon the number four l-y-f-e we've got j13 Voorhees and at tyler philip cox on both instagram and twitter at sandy.d.morrison on facebook aiden atkin who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash aiden atkin and last but not least at judith.morton on instagram our next episode discussion should be released very shortly after this one it is our first discussion on the walking dead dead cities first episode titled old acquaintance old acquaintance old acquaintances had a little trouble with that one Uh, the reason for that is because both of those episodes the fear the walking dead mid-season finale and the series premiere of the walking dead dead city aired on the same night so we went live the day after we recorded this episode and we're just editing the audio from the live stream we did for your listening pleasure hold on tight folks we're catching up get to you soon but remember in the meantime we are squawking dead (laughs) 